In Jesus' name we pray. Father, Lord, we thank you for yet another opportunity to search your heart through your word. Father, Lord, we ask that you expose the mystery in your word. That even as your word is implanted in our hearts, it will grow to be a multiple good fruit. Father, may you speak and not me. Lord, that at the end we will go harvesting, bringing in the sheep for the kingdom. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. We thank God for today. We thank God for the gift of life. Because as you can bear with me, life is getting more precious. And in some instances, life is losing its premium. Every day you listen to the news, you hear people being killed, people being maimed. They are the same living people, living beings, just like you and I, that have breath, that we are born, have brothers, have sisters, have relatives, belong to a society. But we are here alive to the glory of God. So today, once again, we want to look into the Word of God because it's this what brings renewal of our hearts that we will not conform to the standard of this world, but the Word of God will continue to renew our hearts in Jesus' name. Our theme for the year still goes on. Go ye and make disciples of all nations without any restriction. That's one of the last words that Jesus spoke before he left. And indeed, it's a commandment. And every child of God has been conscribed into this work of the kingdom. We have been told that you become a child of God so that you replicate yourself. That's the fruitfulness in the life of a Christian. And our topic for today is, Go ye to the hell field, look on the field. Today is a medical laboratory, medical student, medical laboratory students day, an anatomy student. And this set of people have one thing to do with the health field. That's why today's topic is very uh, apt. I want to go to the test we just uh, read, the lesson we read. I want to kind of go through it and paraphrase. John chapter 4 from verse 27. Just then his disciple returned and we are surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asks, what do you want? Or, why are you talking with her? Then, leaving her water jar, the woman went back to town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I have ever done. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way towards him. Meanwhile, his disciple urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, Could someone have brought him food? My food, 
said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying? It's still four months until harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now, the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests and harvest a crop for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done hard work and you have reaped the benefit of their labor. Many of the Samaritans from that town believe in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I have ever done so when the Samaritan came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. Our main verse here is uh, 437. Look onto the field. I went through this so that we know that this interaction happened between an interlude when Jesus was passing through a town of Samaria. And he was tired, he was very hungry. And the disciples have to go to the town to go and look for something for the master to eat. In that process of Going to look for food, a woman had an encounter that would change her life forever, that would change the life of that town. That salvation that had been preached to them in so many ways now go to the Samaritans because originally it's like inheritance for the Jews. Jews are chosen people by God. So it was like a jinx that was broken by Christ. He told her everything about her. Something that nobody knew the full detail about from her. And because of that word, she believed. Disciples went out to get food. Which is a physical need. And is very vital. Jesus Christ converted a woman through which a town was converted. When the disciple came, one day we are surprised seeing him talking with a Samaritan woman, which is a taboo. This depicts the nature of our selectiveness. People we should talk to, people we shouldn't talk to, People we should share the gospel with and people we should not. But ironically, none of them questioned him. Why were you talking with this woman? They kept quiet and reached conclusion. Then the essence of their living and coming back, they said, Rabbi, have something to eat. That's another level of being at the level of the physical. He told them, I have a food. 
And they were surprised, asking themselves, Is it not this man we left here to go and get food? Ironically, in the Old Testament, most of the wells are not always within the town. They are either without the city, that's outside the city, or outside the town, for towns that are not fortified, that are not city. That's why headsmen normally come to fetch water. People come to fetch and go back. So he couldn't have gotten to the town and gotten food. The question is, who brought him food? But because of their level of carnality, their level of still operating at the level of the flesh, their fission was blood and it was limited. See, when he explained to them that his food is to do the will of him who sent him, and not just to do it, to finish it. If you start the will of God and you don't finish it, you and somebody that did not start, you are at the same level. It's even more important how you finish than how you started. We always talk about crucifixion of Jesus Christ and the robber that repented at the cross. And the promise that he obtained, he obtained the promise of salvation within that split second. So when he explained the food he is talking about, then he told them, Don't you have a saying, it is four months until harvest. But I tell you, open your eyes and look at the field. They arrive for harvest. Open your eyes. Open your eyes. They were talking at the level of orthodoxy. They were not spiritually discerning because they are not informed in the science of time or spiritual things. They were looking at the wheat, which was has about four months to go. When I look about uh, planting of wheat, the duration it takes, the wheat takes about four, uh, seven to eight months to mature. But they have different seasons that you can plant them. So maybe this wheat to them physically was still looking green. And it's still like three, four months into cultivation. We have harvest time for everything. We plant yam, March, April. That was before now. When rain was still stable. And you harvest end of the year or early part of the year. Then as a small child, before now, we plant cassava, we harvest in two years' time. That's why it's classified as a biennial crop. Although these days, you plant cassava in eight months, you are harvesting. So they were taking cognizance of that and then forgetting to see the spiritual reality on ground. That's why Christ has to say then, look up, look up. That's the sign. Look very closely, look very well. Because as far as they are concerned, the Samaritans are not meant for the gospel. They have their attention elsewhere. Just like many of us, 
We believe that Goye is leaving the chapel or leaving your home, leaving your place of work and go to somewhere in Kano area to evangelize. To us, that is what Goye means. We believe that Goye is all about a certain time of the year or just in the church. Where you are involved, where you are the person to preach the sermon, or you are in follow-up Bible class, or something of that nature. Without looking around, knowing that there is plenteous harvest around us. We've already constructed and configured our hearts that we don't look. In short, when you talk about Goye, our mind always go to missionaries because go here means that you move from one place to the other. So anything happening around us is not it. We have to look to a fatherland where the gospel has not gotten to. They did not see the whitishness of the corn, of the wheat. They has already changed from green and turning white. And when you see a grain, even the corn we plant here, whenever it starts chasing color, it's a matter of urgency. It's an emergency, if I may put it that way. Because every grain, most of them are planted the same day. So most of them ripe almost the same time. And if nothing is done, nesting, it will get bad. Weevils will attack. And then your harvest will be a wasteful one. So, we have souls that are yearning for the gospel of Christ. And we are still waiting for the time of looking elsewhere. Not knowing that something is really getting wrong. Close to us. We tend to be very legalistic. We tend to be very... You know, we have a lot of suppositions. And we have a lot of assumptions and presumptions that people close to us, people that have been maybe born, whom the world have sown to the Bible, say, yes, one person sows, one person reads. It simply means that these people have heard the word of God, but their souls have not been harvested. Most of us are Christian. We are brought in Christian homes. If you see most of these people committing crime, they have Christian name. They are baptized in the church. They've heard of Jesus Christ. So issue of the knowledge of God has already been sowed in their life. But their soul has not been harvested because they have not come to realization of the realities of the gospel. So to them, it is just church, God, Operating at the level of religiosity. That's why every time you come, you see people, they fill up, fill up churches. But then things are going wrong. If we have this number of people coming to church, and then we are not seeing the fruits of the Holy Spirit, then there is a big problem. Is it because we've been exposed to the world such a long time 
that even when we've not even come to the, 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 the stage of reasoning for some things to make impact in our life, we've already started hearing the word. So it becomes so regular. My prayer this, my prayer this morning is that the Holy Spirit will make that word that you have you've been hearing before now to make impact and meet a need in our lives in Jesus' name. So particularly today, we are talking to the people in the health field. People that have one thing or the other to do with health field. You must not only be a doctor. You must not be a nurse. You must not be a medical scientist. But if you see yourself directly or indirectly in the care of sick people, you are in the health field. And this is a very big expanse. It's, it's limit, limitless. And a lot of time, no most of the time, the real work is done in the field. Yes, most of the time, the real work is done in the field. And when we talk about field here, what are we talking about? We are talking about your marketplace. And your marketplace here is the where is where you care for the sick, directly or indirectly. People come to the hospital because they have a need. Apart from some class of people, I've forgotten Munchausen syndrome. People that like to come to the hospital, they want to be sick. They want to be told, sorry, the things we do when we are small, when the chores are much, you leave yourself under the sun, you come back, your body is warm. I say, they will divide the chores for others. And you will be looking at them and be happy. They may even give you Fanta. But they cure people like us, that sickness. When they say, they will go and get injection. <laughs> when they get that, next time you won't lie. Because... Who is sick needs injection and not paracetamol. Because at a stage, we know that even if you take paracetamol, it doesn't do anything. It does not kill you. But when you take injection, you feel the... Apart from people that have that much, nobody, no matter how your house is, you leave your house and start going to hospital. Hospital is somewhere people don't like going to, except they just have to. They can't help it. Even when medicine started in England, Daughters do rounds. They go to the house. Yes. Till later when they form hospital. Hospital was not originally in the inception of medical practice. It's along the line. Just like nursing and so many other things. Need created it. So anybody that sees anybody in hospital, you just have to appreciate one thing. That this person is somebody in need. He's either troubled emotionally, physically, or psychologically. And that person is coming to meet you directly or indirectly. We as a people that work in the hospital, I believe we are a very privileged set of people. Because God has placed us and given us tools to reach out. People in need are like seeds that have been sowed. They are fertile ground. Very fertile ground. 
If you come to check as a person, yes, most of us will spend most of our times in our home. Yes, there's no two ways about that. But when you check what I call active, awake, interactive period, you see if you are faithful to your work, you spend it more at work. At home, we listen to news, watch TV, play with the kid, then we sleep. If you minus the time you sleep, minus the time you are eating, you are not being interactive. You are watching TV, you are not. If you minus all this time, you see that most of the active, awake, interactive period you spend are at your place of work. And that's where God wants you to manifest. That's where God wants you to shine. It's not when we have one quarterly outreach or the other, which is just how many hours. The church, how many hours do you spend in the church in a week? Which people do you see in the church? Most of the people in the church are people that have been saved. There are few people that have not been saved that come to the church. But at place of work, you see a very set of people with different needs. Different temperament, different points. And reaching out to them to tell you the truth can be very easy. Very, very easy. As a born again Christian, you have been commissioned. You don't need to be a priest. You don't need to be a pastor. As a child of God, you have been commissioned. You don't need any other commission. If you have Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, go ye is for you. That great commission is for you. And it's a task and it's a responsibility of a child of God that you must fulfill. Your salvation for yourself is not alone. The scriptures say that we have to be fruitful. And this is fruitfulness. Fruitfulness is not just all about having kids, having money. It's reproducing your type. Reproducing your type. Corn bears corn. Um, uh, avocado bears uh, produces avocado. The scripture in Matthew says, by their fruits, you should know them. Each fruit produces each fruit. So as a Christian that has been commissioned, it means that great commission is a lifestyle. And the lifestyle is a life. You live everywhere you see yourself or everywhere you go. You don't live it in a particular place. Where you leave the hospital, you leave hospital mood. Where you are in the hospital, you are in war front. Whereby you have your official face. That Christ nature in you leaves you. Everything you are doing is perfunctory and you are lost. Discharging your job just like that. Without those ingredients that is found in a child of God. It is an intentional way of living everywhere where workers are prepared for harvest. So you look up everywhere you are, say you should be looking up. Stop looking down. You should be looking up, looking around, searching for an opportunity to plant. An opportunity to harvest. 
you will look up, you will be sensitive to the urgency of the Holy Spirit. Because you don't use the same methodology. That's the mistake people will make. Somebody will have a need, you don't solve the person's need and start preaching to, uh, to, uh, about Christ to him. You are wasting your time. The scripture said in Matthew 9, 37, that the harvest is plentiful, but laborers are, we, are few. And we have plenty of Christians. This saying, it, it, it asks my imagination. How will this scripture, this verse, still be true, even in this time? It shouldn't be so. We have so many Christians. If you say you are not born again now... People will look at you. Everybody is born again. Whether you are born or not, it's God that knows. So if we are born again, why are the laborers still very few? And if a laborer is not working, it's as good as not being a laborer. If you come to the field and stay in a shed and be resting and gisting, you are not a laborer. Laborers are people that are active into the work. People that are doing the work of the harvest. People that are bringing in souls into the kingdom. People that are not waiting for convenient or acceptable time. People that preach the word in and out of season. Irrespective of where you see yourself. Because what matters is you, that you are the Christian, not where you find yourself. You as the Christian is what matters because you are the one that will do the work of the harvest. You don't need to go to, where do they have rice? Uboka. To go and do harvest because they are rice. If you don't harvest rice, there are other crops to harvest. And God has made it that in every season, there is always a fruit ripening. There is always a crop maturing. So harvest is a constant thing. If we keep on observing the wind, we will not sow. That's what Ecclesiastes 11 foretold us. And if we regard the cloud, we will not reap. What is this verse telling us? That sometimes physically... Just as the disciples waiting for four months, when they would, if you wait physically, when everything will fall into place, somebody will just sit down and say, okay, please come and preach to me. I want to accept Christ as my love and personal Savior. You are wasting your time. If you are urged, the Holy Spirit will direct you how to approach It may be somebody finding his way, like uh, in UNTH. When we started work there, that place used to be very big to me. But now that I know everywhere, that place is too small. So when people are coming to UNTH in the first, the first time, most of the time they miss their way. Please, where is this? Where is this? That may even be the access you have. You direct him accordingly. You may even leave what you are doing if it is not very important. You direct him. You've already made an impression. Next time you talk to that person from one conversation to the other, you push it to the direction you want it to go. And you'll be very sure you have an ear 
that is listening. I have a little analogy when I was preparing for this sermon with our health system here and the tropics and then wheat. In the temperate region, they have what you call snow and they falls in winter. And you don't even plant there. No crops normally survive. Most of the crops shed their leaves to conserve what they have till maybe after the winter season. But here in the tropic, you can plant wheat any time as far as you irrigate it. What am I saying? We are privileged here. You can talk to a patient. The only thing patient will say, no. Or patient relative. If you do that in some countries, in some countries you don't talk about Christ. Yes, you don't even mention Christ. Even in UK last year, somebody preached someone to a patient and he, he lost his license. If you are conversant with what is happening, that it was common, he made the right, went viral. Because he preached Christ to a patient. But here, you are not imposing Christ on a patient. The words that will happen, say the word. Sometimes, you may say the word, the effect may not be immediate. The person may go home and start thinking about it. Some, he will not accept what you've done your own part as a side of God. So we are very lucky. We are not restricted. In as much as you still respect the patient's rights yes you respect patient rights in as much as you but you have more privilege we have a wider playing ground than other christians in other nations where you hide you don't even talk to patient about christ except patient gives you signal some of them will even like encourage you and later use it against you but we here we don't have that restriction and I see it as a very big privilege. Are you working in even record department and the patient is looking for his or her record, her folder? We have an incident. Patient came and the clerk was telling the patient, can't you see I'm praying? And there was an emergency at casualty, and they say, go and open a folder before we attend to this person. And you say you are praying. Is that Christianity? It is not. Can you be identified for something as your place of work? In the church, you can be everything. But at your place of work, when somebody wants to approach you, they say, don't go. In the sense that you are too legalistic. That you conform to a certain standard of law without compassion. As a Christian, we should be bearing the fruit that is in uh, Galatians 5 from verse 22. Please, can somebody read it for me? Okay. Go, go down more. From verse 
24. Yes. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Thank you very much. These are fruit of the Spirit that must be found in every Christian, irrespective of where you are. It is not gift. Gift can differ, but the fruit must be manifested by every Christian. If you are not manifesting any of them, then check yourself and ask God for the grace for that one that is lacking. And these are things you need to be multiplying and replicating at your workplace. These are things that others will even come and see you. You are for parents, you are patient. And they will want to be like you. Sometimes you preach without even talking. That's what people don't know. People look at you and see that there is something different. I work in a hospital, yes. But I don't pray to have a patient in a hospital, especially public hospital. I'm sorry to say that. I'm inducting myself. If you ever have patient in our public hospitals and people you pass through there sometimes are even threatened. Yes. I told somebody, that's the truth. I have to at a time. I have a situation whereby I have a relative that was on oxygen after surgery and everything there. For them to discharge me on the 23rd of December, 2011. And the lady was um, eating. A Christian. I waited. Only I waited. Listen. He said, now, now, Christmas. Christmas. And that was the last working day of that year's um, uh, before Christmas. And we need to be home. It was getting late. So I have to start talking to her. The other one said, Imara noble doctor. I was like, oh, sorry, Nikawa noble doctor. So I said, if I'm not a doctor, I cannot get treated rightly and well. And these people are not pagans. They are Christians. Some of them aspire brand speaking in talk, brothers, and sisters. We that God has put in this place, what are we doing? What are we doing to change this narrative? You cannot change the world. It's not possible. But in that your little corner, do your best. Showcase Christ. Christ put you there to showcase Christ. And not just what you say. Showcase Christ. It cannot hide. You are not going to be a man pleaser or anything. But you have to be a God pleaser. Because Scripture says, whatever we do, do it as unto God. We have lost touch. We have lost touch. We have lost touch. I'm talking to all of us. We have lost touch. We are working as if we are just working for our salary. The touch is not there again. So, I want to, even after today, that we we'll go and renegotiate with ourselves. Somebody said that, I don't know how it is done, but I've done it once. And speak to yourself. 
If Christ come in this my position, as so, 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 and so person in this hospital, will he find me faithful? We spoke about the good Samaritan. The Levi came, the priest came, but a Samaritan came. Maybe they were rushing to meet service. They won't want to come late to service. Or they were rushing and they saw a need. And this is exactly what we are doing. We have wanting to meet up, but there is a life yearning. Yearning for our touch. A life yearning for that thing we swore to do. Most health workers have their swearing in days. The nurses have their induction days. Doctors, that's the first oath you swear. To save life, the sanctity of life. Treat people without any restriction. Without any division or anything. And then, as a Christian, an added opportunity. I don't need to come and talk here about how many of us have been privileged to sow the word. And you will be surprised how the reception is. There are ways you carry yourself and carry out function in your place of work, especially in the hospital. Whatever you tell the patient or the relative, they will agree and they will accept. It's very easy. Very easy. And you become friends with them and follow them up on a regular basis. So the life of a Christian in a health setting is the life of service. Service as unto God. Service as unto God. Not for salary. No. In short, it's an easy access to even heaven. So, as a health worker, there are some qualities that you need to have. They are not far away from the qualities of the fruit of the Spirit or what Jesus Christ depicted when he was on earth. Jesus Christ has a very wonderful communication skill. He listens. In instances, when the disciple want to block, you say, wait, let me hear him first. A woman came to him. He said, no, no, no. These are for children of uh, the, uh, Israel. He said, even the crumb from the table. Even when the children, they want to bring the children, they were blocking. He said, no. He has very com- good communication skill. Many of us, because of our, I don't know what I should call it. To me, it's nothing. You are nothing. Whatever it is you are, patient will be talking to you. You won't listen. One, in the night like this, I want to come and give drug. She said, eh, patient was complaining. I said, later at 10 o'clock, she started praying. And the complaint was just very straightforward. He's been disturbed with something. Please, come and help the line. My relative, they say, he need to and 10 o'clock, as a Christian, you want to play, pray night prayer in the world. How would that person listen to you or be part of that prayer? So, whatever it is, anybody that leaves his home to hospital, listen to that person. Listen, give him time. That's why you are here. We have to be empathetic. We have to have empathy. And emotional stable. You don't transfer aggression to your patient. 
One person pass you were or relative, you bully a treat on yours as if it's a continuation of this sentence. Empathy means sharing in that person's uh, pains. You have to empathetic. No, sorry, okay, okay. It does not heal the whole thing, but at least the person will feel better for it. We have to be passionate. We have to have compassion. Somebody described compassion as entering into another person's passion. Christ was very compassionate. He was compassionate. People that he healed, many of them, they did not watch his healing. But someday he just see the faith or the belief they have and he will have compassion and heal. We have lost compassion in our practice. It is something that is far gone. We have lost touch. Many of us, Christian, non-Christians alike. And if you have lost compassion in your work, you are not working for God. You are just working for yourself. And what you do for yourself, you don't have any reward. You have to be showing genuine passion. That's what compassion means. As a Christian, you have to be forthright. You have to be very straightforward. If there is anybody, a patient needs to get information that is the truth from, they will say, go and ask that person. He will tell you the truth. If reference are not made to you, that you will get the truth, that truth will come from you, then there is a problem. Yes, we have to be very professional. Our time... You don't use the time you are supposed to be at place of work and then you come, instead of writing that you came by 12 o'clock, you write 9.30, you know. No, no. You have to be very... Treat every person. That oath you swore, those ethics, that life is supreme in any way, you have to uphold it. Irrespective of the person's religion, the person's belief, the person standing over certain matters. I was talking to a student one day when I was in my former church, one fellowship, and the question came, will you treat him? And said, me in me will not. But the scripture said I should. And the professional ethics say I should. So I will. It may be difficult. After all, the Bible says we should pray for our enemies. How many of us are praying for our enemies? The best prayer we take for our enemies is Chineke, if That's what many of us pray. At least we'll step down from die, 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 die. At least we'll move in. So maybe one day we'll get to the level of Tukugozia. If we say raise hand here, how many of us, somebody that you know is after you? It's very difficult, but the scripture says so. And if you are a Christian, you do what the scripture says, whether it suits you or not. Christianity is not when it suits you, you do. When it doesn't, no. You are far away from it. You have to be very respectful. Apart from the Pharisees in certain situations that they miss their step and cross their boundary, Christ respected everybody. The few times he voiced out uh, where they were deceiving people and like going above board, he has to call them to order. 
Good morning, ma. What can I do for you? It doesn't take away anything from you. Mama Kekime, Papa Kekime. You talk to them. And they open up to you. Nkaga says, thank you. It's that simple. If you make this a way of life, you see that you don't have any problem. And then, another thing that is hitting us as Christians is that we lack flexible personality. Many of us are very rigid. Last folder by 12 o'clock. After 12, folder, no man for there. 4 o'clock, time of dismissal, after this hour. And you see that there is an emergency. You want to go somewhere, so you are supposed to be. It's none of my business. Come tomorrow. Many of us do. Yes. We need to have flexible personality to assess need as the Holy Spirit controls you. If you are very rigid, the Holy Spirit doesn't have a say over that matter. Yes, we will say we are straight, we are this one. That is still rubbish. Christ did not treat every issue the same way, but he showed the same principle, which is love and compassion. He did not treat only Jews. People accosted him on the way, where he wasn't even planning. People broke roof where he was passing the word, and they disrupted it. So many ways. If we really take and follow the life of Christ, we will see that we are way, 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 way off. No matter the level of our righteousness. So brethren, it's a very big privilege to be in the health field. To be in the health sector. We should look up. There are souls yearning there. Yearning, yearning, yearning. The day I saw a native doctor, ha, see I did In a biaku nogo, I said na ma afugonian. So we got talking. Imago, matcha no mo belen jackle. See I on whom we hid in a metu kwe akanoga alone. He him budi too much. I said mo akwani angwani cheka yaputa. Yes, on whom we kiri kiri hoji. I know they do go around with it. Um, I just and then this was the second time so one we he doesn't want me to treat him because he saw me wearing priest clothes he was hesitating 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 Which I did, but I came back. See, I be man only rearranged when I met to work and then we give work a jetted down where or some messiah quenka. See, I know we are not Christ. Now, me need to read anything. Now, we are not a garden. I am a go or some more one year. Manage a good guy, mechanka. I've done my part. Dibia assess health care after the whole thing. Nguani onenga, where. I've done my part. I know the Holy Spirit will complete the rest. But at least I've shown them something. There is a power that is more than those who go rubbish. They tie around and all this, they are display. 
You know, that there is a power. And go and source that power. Go and source it. That's where the real power is. The real power is in Christ. You must not get to the level of, do you want to give your life to Christ? It's not all situation. If you get to that, good. But sow the word. Sow the word. The harvest may be for another person. But sow the word. See that you put something there. See that you put something there. He may go home and start thinking about what that small boy told him. And maybe that's the time he will give his life to Christ. So, when Christ comes and he asks us this talent, this opportunity that I've given you, to find yourself in this very plentiful harvest field sector, what will we tell him? We'll tell him that it's a place we'll go to work, do our official thing, and go home and look for where we'll go to evangelism. Or, only in the church or midweek or this thing, it is wrong. You should do most of your work of love where you spend your most active, awake, interactive time. Charity begins at home and you spend more time here. That is your Jerusalem. So brethren, my question goes again. Are you waiting for a special time? Are you waiting for four months to reach? Or are you waiting for the trumpet to blow and then you know that it is time to make the difference? To show that spirit of excellence that Jesus Christ so much manifested manifested are you waiting when even it gets a bit difficult to pass the word as i'm talking to people in the health field i'm talking to every other person because you have your marketplace you have your marketplace you have where you spend most of your active interactive time we have bankers here some of them so what are we talking about here if something is not seen in you people don't see that Christ in you please go and ask yourself a question it's a lifestyle go here is a lifestyle anywhere you are you are harvesting anywhere you are you are harvesting anywhere you are it's not like football that you need to go and wear jersey wear socks wear boots and then get ready to go to the field no you're already in the field if you are looking for another field you are deceiving yourself god has given you a field where you manifest where you show god the love that he's given to you transferring it to others so even the anatomy medical student yes you are a student now but know what you are prepared to do know what you are being trained to do you are being trained to propagate to give that thing which you have received we are just mere ambassadors here and we will manifest the manifesto of our home country we will not manifest the Manifesto, we will not say the manifesto of here, but we will say the manifesto of our home, which is heaven. 
And that brings another question. Are you a child of heaven? Are you an ambassador of Christ? Are you a soldier of Christ that has been conscripted for warfare? To war against evil and everything it, has, it, it does represent. A soldier is prepared at each point in time. Are you Christ an amb- are Christ ambassador? If you are not Christ an ambassador, that means you are not born again. You don't have Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. So, this is yet another time to search our hearts, search our mind. Is Christ occupying some of our life, some part of our life, and not occupying others? This is what is going to bear witness against you on the last day. If you read the first four chapters of Revelation, I know your works. You hate this, you hate this, but my prayer is that there won't be any buts during our own time in Jesus' name. So let us pray. You are worthy, Lord, as we honor you. You are worthy, Lord, as we honor you. self-assessment are we really ambassadors of Christ are we representing him everywhere we find ourselves are we obeying his command of harvest bringing in souls to the kingdom I want us to pray for ourselves even at this moment Asking the Lord that he will enable us. Even that thing that we have not been doing, that we will not look at anybody and turn our right and do it. Which is that which he demands from us. That that food that Christ told his disciples, that food which is doing the will of God and finishing it, will consume us
Lord, indeed, you are wonderful. You are worthy. You are worthy for the opportunity you have given your children. Father, Lord, God will return all the honor to you. Father, Lord, our prayer is even as we live for you, Lord, may there not be anything that will make you to give us recommendations. At the end of it, there will be a but. That but that will render all we have done to null and void. Father, Lord, may the work of our hands, even as we return all our time, treasure, talent unto you as service, Lord. Father, may they be acceptable unto you in Jesus' name. Father, Lord God, we will give you all the honor. We give you all the glory. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray.